Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter, if you are so inclined. I don't recommend it. Twitter's doing all sorts of weird shit. Um, this week's bonus episode, we're going to be talking about the third Nancy Drew Hardy Boy Super Mystery. Shockwaves, which I have a first edition of because I'm that awesome of a first edition of a 35 year old book, practically. This one, mm, I remember enjoying it immensely, and I still do enjoy the Nancy Ned aspects of it immensely, but we're going to talk about all the other shit going on in this. The cover is, of course, blue because we're. It's spring break, bitches. It's spring break. Um, it's also 1989, so it's 1989 spring break. So adjust your fashion expectations accordingly. Um, Nancy is wearing a cute little one-piece bathing suit that looks deeply unsupportive. Like it looks like she got out of the five-dollar bill at Claire's. It's fine though. She has completely dry hair, and she is just going all burn. She's going full all burn for this one with a little bit of curl at the end. So she's she's getting a little bit of, like, the 60s throwback, and it's fine. Um, and again, completely dry. She's holding a scuba mask, but it's completely dry because she just, she vibes like that. She just gets out of the water just fully dry. That's how she is. Next to her is presumably Frank Hardy wearing scuba shorts. Is that even a thing? I guess it is. Um, With all sorts of blue shit happening. And also he's got like the air tank shit. And also he's holding something in his hand. And I don't know what it is, nor do I care. It's fine. Because it's fucking Frank Hardy. I don't care. Um, Behind them is presumably Joe. But they're, they're so generic that who the fuck knows. And you can like, again, his hair is fully dry. He just, he got out of the water this way. There's a little bit of sheen to him, but he might be just sweaty from Texas weather. So I don't know. Nancy is holding a gold coin and looking expectantly at Frank like he's supposed to know shit about this. And he don't. He, he know nothing about this. Not right. That tracks. Again, behind them, Joe's like, what's happening? Is it cold related? And there's like a little boat in the background. This book marks the like 17,000th appearance of cigarette boats in the entire series. Like, I guess cigarette boats are like super chill or whatever. But anyway, there's a bunch of them. And I always picture them like literal cigarette shaped boats, which is almost certainly not true. Anyway, um... Again, Nancy's in Texas for this one. As you know, she's been here before, but she's claiming complete ignorance of that fact. She's like, Texas. Lots of Texas. Um, They're in Padre Island. Um, I've heard actual... No, I've never been there, and I didn't look it up because I'm an idiot. But um, like I've been to Galveston, which is not exactly known for its seacoast. And I've heard that Padre Island is nearby, and also that it's, um, first off, full of teenagers there on spring break, and second, like, not all that hot either. Because, again, the Gulf is completely just saturated with oil. I would suppose that, and again, Nancy even dives in the water, because as you can tell from the foreshadowing of that cover, there's going to be some scuba diving, um, that, like, the Gulf water is murky, and I was like, that tracks, though. That shit's been polluted for a good hundred years at that point, so. Anyway, they're on Padre Island, and when I say they, I mean, like, everyone they've ever met, practically. I mean, all the core group is there. Um, They were invited by Mercedes, who I'm going to say is Selena Gomez. We're just going to cast Selena Gomez for this role. Um, 
she's wearing a kicky ponytail at all times and also she's a little bit sassy um her name is mercedes and which in the book like they're calling out for mercedes and somebody's like are you a car salesman and i was like thank you because this is not a popular name where i'm from so i was like it does sound like you're just really into luxury cars and also you want to name your child after that which is a weird flex but you do you chanel anyway so mercedes invited them down there and like, they're going for a spring break, and it's fine, and they're going to have so much fun. And Nancy, Bess, George, and Ned all go for their spring break. They don't, I don't think they ever even talk about the fact that Ned's in college. Maybe he's graduated for this book, which would give me deep joy. I want him to matriculate. I want him to, like, earn a piece of paper because, oh, my God, he's been at it for a good 50 years. Let, let the man have a piece of paper. He's trying real hard. He's writing term papers. Oh, my God maybe training secret agents. I don't know. Anyway, so they're all coming down there. Um, and they're going to stay with Mercedes because again, like Padre Island is like white teenager spring break bacchanalia. I I don't, I don't fucking know. It's like a a booze cruise, but in the form of an island, maybe. I don't know. We're, we're just going to go with it. So she invites them down there, but she's also got like 15 other people staying at her place. It's like a condo. And so like they have to sleep in sleeping bags in the living room. I was like, hell no. Hell, Nancy, your daddy's got some money. Go, go get you something like a trailer. I don't know. An RV. Get an RV. Anyway, no, they're going to, they're going to stay on the floor. Like, I don't know. I've, I've got some questions for the guys, because you know, we can't be co-ed up in this joint. Um, Mercedes is dating a guy named Buck, which is an unfortunate name after you've seen Kill Bill several thousand times like I have. So I'm going to just call him Dick Casablancas from Veronica Mars because he's giving big himbo energy. I'm going to bang everything. Also, like, dumb himbo. Like, it's, it's a given that the himbo energy is, in fact, dumb. But I just need to emphasize that. Oh, my God. He is just... Oh, mm. Bad decisions piled on top of each other in a trench coat with a blonde wig on it. Oh my God, Dick Casablancas. So Dick Casablancas is dating Selena Gomez, and but it's kind of one of those things where he's like, I am God's gift to ladies, and if you are a lady who is within 50 miles of me, come get up on it. Anyway, so he, Buck, Dick Casablancas, has rented, I don't know why he rented a fucking car, I've got some questions, it doesn't matter, I mean, I guess, because they're gonna trash this fucking car, all the spoilers, um, he rented a big old Oldsmobile that is convertible, and it's huge, and I guess that seatbelts were not invented at the time of its release, because, like, at, at many times, far too many people pile into these things, like a, a bonkers number. We're talking clown car. Anyway, so he pulls up and he's like, and he's de- decided to call it the, he calls it the something bird, like the white bird or something, because he's a, he's an absolute, just, he's not a monster. He's just so dumb. He's so, he's just dumb as shit. Anyway, he's dating Mercedes. Um, Frank and Joe, Nancy was like casually on the phone with Frank and Joe. And she was like, oh yeah, I'm going to Padre Allen. And they're like, Really? Hmm, let me look up some flights because, oh my God, these bitches do not have an original idea in their tiny little heads. Oh my God, all the, all the hatred. Okay, for this book, for this book, they've got more going on. So it's okay. It's, 
I'm, I'm going to give him the tidiest pass. The tidiest pass. Because when the car pulls up with Dick Casablancas at the wheel, just whooping it up. Because imagine Dick Casablancas. If you haven't seen Veronica Marsh, go look up a picture of him. The actor was also on Party Down. You may know him from that. Anyway, go look him up. I think it's Ryan Hansen, but I may have made that up because I think there's something, some other media with the name Ryan Hansen in it. Anyway, look him up, but then slap a 10 gallon cowboy hat on him and you have, you have this character. That's who it is. Just, just himbo. Just pure fucking himbo. Just wearing a lot of cut off t-shirts that say guns out. Yeah. Um, anyway, he pulls up at the wheel of this giant, horrible Oldsmobile, which Mercedes is like, what the fuck is this car? And he's like, I call her the white bird. I love her. She is my new bestie. And look, rent a jalopy, I think is what it's from. And I was like, is this, is this a thing? Because again, I'm reading this at like the age of eight and I'm like, what, what is real life? I don't understand. Some parts of these books are true. Some are just, I don't even know. Anyway, rent a wreck which is what they seem to do because, oh my God, can you imagine if Nancy's like, well, this two-year-old car is now in shambles. Anyway, they pull up and like Frank's in the front seat and Nancy, because the beginning of the book is told from Nancy's perspective, they switch around perspectives. Um, and so Nancy looks and sees Frank and she's like, oh, Frank, tiny feelings. And then she looks in the back seat and there's Ned who like looks at her and is like, we're going to bang later. And she's like, Frank cannot put a dent in these feelings I have for this man in the backseat of that car. I'm going to need to get up on him immediately. Post haste. Anyway, Bess has, um, Buck gets out to help the ladies with their luggage because he's, he's just a fine Southern gentleman that way. He has no way and none of those words apply to him. Um, but he's like, what is in this thing, Bricks? And Bess is like, we needed to get a fucking sky cap. You guys, what did I tell you? Pay, pay some man to deal with this and not give me shit. And she's right. Um, Bess has become besties with Claire, who is one of Mercedes's friends, Selena Gomez. Um, Claire is like not, Claire pay, plays a bit of a role, but she's not in the thing at like all the time. So who the fuck did I cast for her? Oh my God. Hmm. I don't know. Like she's not, she's not given Hallmark. So I've got to stay away from the Hallmark stable of actors. Um, hmm. Oh my god. Uh no, not her. Damn. Damn, it's so hard to fucking cast her. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe no. No, nobody really fits for her. She needs to be okay. Dark hair. Classy and snobby. Also loves to shop. So whoever that is in your head, cast her. That's Claire. Um Claire's making besties with Bess because Bess is like, are, do we really have to go get sand on us? Cuz I'm I'm going to need to hit the Galleria. And everyone's like, which I'm sorry, that is inaccurate. I don't even know if the Galleria existed at this point, but also it would have been pretty far away. Anyway, Bess is like, we need to hit the mall. And everyone else is like, no, we need to get in the water. And Claire's like, girl, I'm with you. Let's go do this. Let's go let's go shop. Let's go shop our asses off. And Bess is like, you, you mean? Yes volleyball fuck that shit no there's one point in this book where Bess is like I'm gonna lay out but I do not want you to get water on this swimsuit and I was like I love that Bess is like can I be more extra is there a way to put on a, a garment meant for water use and be like no no to all that maybe it's uh, Bob Mackey swimwear and it's not meant to come in contact with water who knows it's fine anyway so um, the boys are staying at Buck's place, Dick Casablanca's, um, 
because of course they are. And Ned has his own room, which means that this book fulfills two of my two requirements for, am I going to love this book? First off, is Ned there? Yes. Second, do either of them have a private room where they could bang? Yes. Ned has his own room. I was like, we're done. We're done here. I have the premise of my dreams. Continue. You do what you want to at any moment. I'm assuming that they're banging in that room. They spent absolutely no time in that room. Um, so Dick Casablancas takes the boys, which uh, I'm like, is does Ned feel awkward about any of this? Because Ned knows it's fine. Um, anyway, they're all staying in the same place. And Buck, Dick Casablancas, as soon as they get in there, he's like, I'll show you to your rooms if you tell me about the redhead. Because as soon as Dick Casablanca saw Nancy, he was like, I'm going to get up on that. And Nancy was like creepy like it's kind of weird in this book she's like oh he's harmless but there's also this undercurrent of like I totally think that he would assault me if left alone with me um not like like in a skeevy way not like in a like overtly physical way but very much in a mm, like he she would feel compelled to be like okay do I hurt his feelings or do I knew in the in the balls like one of those two things is gonna happen anyway so He's like, tell me about the redhead. And Frank, Ned doesn't say anything. He's like, this is a nice place. And Frank's like, uh, yeah, Ned and Nancy are going together. Which I was like, oh my God, memories. Because they don't, the youth do not say that anymore. <laughs> Good times. I'd be like, they have each other's digits. And also, they may or may not be in it. Anyway, they are linked on social media profiles in several ways. So, Buck's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, hands off. No. And you're like, you dipshit. Because he's like, yeah, but because mm, y'all ain't engaged. So, which makes me think of that one story that Little Miss Messy wrote with that text. And who was, in fact, married? Anyway, neither here nor there. But also both of those things. So, um, yeah, Buck clearly is like, I'm going to bang that girl. And they're like, we ain't here for it. When they go to their rooms, um, Joe is unpacking. He's like trying to find a swimsuit real quick so they can go out there. And he, um, this bag falls out of his suitcase that has some fused together keys in it, which is another one of the reasons why I actually like was more into this book because it's got the angst happening so anyway so buck sees the keys dick casablancas and he's like oh man those metal detectors at the airport aren't supposed to fuck up your shit like this and joe's like nothing and he like gives him a little smile and puts him back in the bag and he's like what are you okay and frank's like um that's personal and so joe tells him that like in the first book of the hardy boys case files iola morton who was his girlfriend in the like old books i'm pretty sure me a person having never read them um i've read that first one though because i was like a car bombing i'm into it um his car joe's car gets blown up by terrorists and his girlfriend was in it and the only thing he has left to remember her is those fused together car keys her keys to his car I was like, I love that they're so close that he's like, here's some keys to my car. I'm going to get into shit and you're going to need to come rescue me. So just know that about me. Anyway, so that's like his memento of his dead girlfriend, which I was like, so much angst and I love it. I fucking love it. Because in most cases, Joe's like, I'm going to bang everything that moves. But sometimes he's like, but also dead girlfriend. So he's got layers, this himbo. So. Oh, Buck's like, oh my god, okay, so if these are really important to you, then let's put them with the valuables. And so, um, he takes, like, some, like, a gold watch and of his own, and he takes Joe's keys, 
and he puts them into this like hidden bureau that he's got in like the back of a closet that's like you wouldn't know it was there unless you had been told about it and so he's like okay valuables are secured let's hit the beach so the first thing they do is go scuba diving because um everyone in the core group is athletic bitches so there's that also george is with them i think let's see it's frank and joe nancy ned and buck and george yeah, that's how they do. So, um, they rent a, not a cigarette boat. I, I think they rent a normal boat, a non-cigarette boat, a non-cancerous boat. And they take that out and they're in their scuba gear and everything. And of course, Nancy has scuba, scuba dived, scuba divin before. So she's got all her shit ready. And she's of course, assuming that she's going to be diving with Ned because they dive in pairs, which I'm again, assuming that this is a thing that scuba divers do. When Buck's like, oh, let me pair up with Nancy because I know this area. And so he flips backward into the water and Nancy's like, well, shit. And so she looks at Ned and it just shrugs it off because, you know, he's, he's like, I'm securing our relationship. And I was like, thank you. So Nancy dives into the water and Buck is, Dick Casablanca is, is playing this like flirty little game where he's like, oh, I'm going to swim over here to this coral wall. Oh, come chase me. And I was like, again, you're acting like you're the girl in this and you're making Nancy pursue you, which she's not actually here for. Um, but so she's like, this isn't funny. And I don't know this area. And this is, like, I don't, I don't like any part of this. Like he's, he's just being a dick because he's Dick Casablanca's. And then she comes upon this, like, it looks like a sunken pirate ship. And she's like, damn, yeah. Like, this is the shit I'm here for. I'm not here for 10 days on the beach. I'm here for exploring pirate wreckage. That's what I'm here for. So she's pretty sure that Buck's in there. And so she follows him in and she's like, I need to get him out of here because this is dumb and everything. But he, like, freaks out. And she can tell that he's, like, accidentally snagged his air hose she said with a question in her voice, um, on something. And so like, he's not actually getting air. So she takes the spare regulator, which again, I'm assuming all these things are true. Um, for her own oxygen tank, it slaps at his mouth and is like trying to get him the fuck out of there. Cause she's like, you're being a dipshit. You're just being such a fucking dipshit. So they get up to the, the top and there's a storm. Like they could tell there was a storm when they went out there. And Nancy was like, I don't know about this. And Buck's like, it's fine. Because again, himbo fucking himbo anyway he breaks the surface and he's like there was a dead body and nancy's like what the you you're fucking hallucinating you little dipshit but then he he like hyperventilates and passes the fuck out and so nancy has to haul his corpse back to the fucking boat and she like hears dead calling for but she can't like she's disoriented and it's hard like she can't even like get a a lung full of air to call out and then she's like anyway eventually they get back to the boat they pull buck on board they like wake him up and he's like that's a dead body and they're all like sure you did hon like they're all just joking with him and that's like i believe you it was gene lafitte and they're all just like you're such a dipshit so like all they did it i don't even know if anybody else actually dove i think that they probably did but like they go down there, Buck finds that wreck, gets stuck in it, says that he saw a corpse. Um, and then they come back into shore and they're like, okay, let's go back. And I was like, I don't know if I would, um, feel like I'd had a success. It, it's fine. Like there, it's a series of bad choices, really. It's just a series of bad choices. So anyway, Buck, by the time he gets back, he's like, I, I know you guys think I'm being stupid. Maybe, I don't know. I, it just, it just made me think it was a dead body and I'm sorry. And anyway, so they get back into the place and they're like taking off their wetsuits to like turn in. 
And, like, there's a new clerk there who is, like, very prissy. And they're like, here's our wetsuits. And he's like, you guys are the worst. Um, But anyway. um, They're trying to get dressed and everything. And then Nancy gets finished before Ned does. And she's at the door waiting for him. And Buck's like, come on, get in the car. And Nancy's like, I'm, I'm waiting for him. And he's like, come on, we're all going to the same place. It's fine. And so Nancy runs out there because it's like full ass raining at this point. And Buck like picks her up and swings her into the car over like the open convertible part. And she's laughing because it's funny. But then she looks back and like, I think Mercedes was, I think Mercedes was also on the boat. Maybe George was, I don't, anyway, there's like a, a thousand people who can be in any scene at any given time. And so Mercedes sees Buck pick Nancy up and put her in the car and she's like, clearly not fucking happy about this shit and he's like son of a bitch because she didn't mean anything by it i on the other hand like would not want somebody picking me up and no so anyway anyway it's it just goes to this whole like weird push and pull between like seems like he would probably attempt to assault me if we were alone but i mean he also seems like he's harmless and i'm like so many weird things happening with this dude. So many weird things. So speaking of Nancy being like, so taxes, huh? They decide that they're going to go to a Mexican restaurant, which is called Dos Banditos. And I was like, two bandits. That's not going to be foreshadowing. Uh <laughs> Oh my god anyway they go in there and they sit at like this big ass table and i think that um bess bess has rejoined them by this point because she's like okay i've done some shopping and also no scuba diving because i'm not into that shit so mexican food um so they get in there and nancy sees a platter and she's like "Ooh, what's that and they're like fajitas and i'm like how the fuck in 1989 chicago were fajitas not a thing it's fine um anyway so their waitress is called Taryn, T-A-R-Y-N. She has long red hair and she's sassy. And like, they're telling Nancy all about what they're going to eat. And Buck's like, Dick Casablanca's is like, well, I'm not having seafood. Who knows what they eat? I saw that dead body. And everyone else is like, oh shit. So like the waitress is standing there. She's like, um, I, I can wait if you want, you want me to come back? And they're like, no, no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, they have, and Joe, shit, shit. I'm sorry. They had to go back to their place to, um, to pick up their stuff. I forgot because like Joe was in a bad mood at this point. And I was like, oh shit, that means they went back to their place. When the boys got back to their place, the door was open and the bureau was empty. So those keys that Buck would have been like, I'm going to put these away for safekeeping. They're gone, bitch. They're gone. His, his gold watch is gone. They hadn't put anything else in there. Like Ned and Frank, who are more reasonable human beings, hadn't brought any valuables with them to a fucking vacation party spot for teenagers, which, again. Um, so, yeah. And Joe's like, as soon as somebody opens that bag and sees because it looks like it's an expensive thing, because it's in one of those, like, little chamois bags. Um, he's like, as soon as somebody opens that bag and sees that they're just, like, some keys that look like they're trash, then they're going to be thrown away, and I'm never going to get them back. And so he's very upset. And so when they go out to, like, and I think, 
I can't remember. There's one point, and I think it's at this point when, no, no, Nancy was with him at that point. No, she did go back with him because she was in the car with him. Um, so after they found that out, like, I think they saw two people who were, like, sneaking out of the place, and they chased them, but, of course, cigarette boat time. So, like, they didn't catch up with them and everything. Um, yeah. So Joe's really discouraged. And whenever the waitress comes up and he's like, yeah, like we just had a robbery and I'm in a really bad mood. And she's like, let me bring you the chimichanga platter. And he's like, I'll see what I can do about that. That's fine. But yeah, he's sad. And like everyone else around that, like they're still teasing back about that dead body that they're like, you absolutely didn't see a dead body. You absolutely himbo. Um, so there's that. So Buck's place has been robbed. Um, and they have questions about it. The other thing that happens, I think the next day they're like, it might be like later on that night, actually, I think. Because disaster himbo. Um, <laughs> he is such a fucking disaster himbo. Um, I think they're playing volleyball that night and there's a campfire because, of course, if you're teenagers in Texas and it's nighttime, you're going to set fire to some shit. Um, so they're playing volleyball and Nancy and Ned are on the same side and like they both go for the ball at the same time and Nancy's elbow hits Ned's stomach and anyway he's like ah and so he like rolls off and Nancy's like Ned are you okay and he like like tackles her and then they start making out and I was like this is the best book ever because yes making out on the beach because she's like and then the world fell away and it was just me and Ned and I was like fuck yes it was keep going you all need to be like oh we left something back at Ned's tiny room We'll be back in like two hours. <laughs> anyway, everybody's like, they're like, get a room. And I was like, do it. Go get a room. Anyway, or take it off. I don't know. It's, it's a children's book. They're not shouting, take it off. But only, if only. Um, but all of a sudden they hear Disaster Himbo. That's, that's going to be his name from now on. Screaming in the water. He's like, ah! And they're like, What's, what, what now? Did you see another corpse? And he's like, man of war. And everyone's like, son of a bitch. So, Nancy goes over to the lifeguard stand and grabs the, like, little rowboat that apparently the lifeguard has. And I was like, I've never seen that before in my life, but sure, we're going to buy it. Um, They go out in the water. Ned is, of course, there because Ned is the opposite of a disaster himbo. Ned is a, like, centered hottie. Centered hottie. Um, So, he's steering and Frank and Joe are in the boat. And so, they're, like, getting the jellyfish because he's talking about portuguese man of war jellyfish which is this this is the first book i've ever heard of them i was like this seems legit like a thing that i should be worried about even though i'm pretty sure it's not anyway they get the jellyfish away from buck pull him up into the boat and he's like she's like i feel cold and hot at the same time and they're like yeah we're gonna get you to the hospital and he's like uh and they're like you're gonna be fine unless you go into anaphylactic shock it's fine um at least they don't try to pee on him they take him to the hospital um Buck is like leaning on Nancy because I feel like there's some shit happening in this book that is absolutely off the page where it's like maybe Buck is trying to make Mercedes jealous, but if he's trying to, he is just succeeding beyond his wildest dreams because she sees this and she's like, I'm going to murder him. And I was like, that seems fair though. Selena Gomez, you need to kick the disaster himbo's ass. You actually need better. I'm I'm going to just say it. You need better than disaster himbo. He's good for like some banging, but that's it. He He's seeing corpses everywhere and getting stung by jellyfish. You need a, you need a strong man who is going to have a rowboat. Not Ned, not Ned. Pick someone else. Joe, Joe is fine. Joe is, like, slightly less disastrous of a himbo. Anyway, 
uh, they take him to the hospital and like Mercedes is like, oh, I'm here and I'm going to care for him. And I was like, yeah, y'all, y'all hang out. It's fine. Stop trying to get into Nancy's pants, Buck. Stop, stop trying to crawl up for, out of that hospital bed and get up in there. Damn it. Anyway, they go to visit him and he's like, yeah, they say that I'm better. And then he's like, well, my dad knows somebody. So they're going to, um, as soon as the doctor gets in here, if I can walk a straight line, I'm out of here. And Nancy was like, that seems dumb. Okay. Um, so for, um, Disaster Himbo's backstory, his daddy is into real estate in Texas, and apparently he, like, made a bit, bunch of deals in Padre Island, which is how, um, Disaster Himbo has that condo, and, like, a lot of people around there don't like him because of that. Apparently he bought up land when it wasn't that expensive, and then, like, subdivided it and sold it off to, for development, and so, like, you know, people are like, yeah, you took advantage of me, which I'm not saying that he didn't, so there's that. So, they're going around asking because they're like, this seems weird. It seems weird that, like, his place would be robbed, and the jellyfish, because they're like, are the jellyfish normally near here? And they're like, not until the fall and not in numbers like this. And so they're like, this feels weird. Fishy, if you will. And Nancy even says that. And that's like, oh my God, really? Really, girl? I'm going to feel your head and see if you got a fever and maybe take you back to my room for some, some doctoring. Some, just a little bit of role play. We were just in a doctor book. It's going to be fun. Anyway. I'm getting distracted. Maybe she brought that candy striper uniform because you know how Ned's in the uniforms. Um, anyway. So. Um, yeah, Nancy's like, is it possible that somebody's, like, actually after you? And Buck's like, no! What the fuck? No. Like, shh. And Nancy's like, okay. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, the next thing that happens, and I'm gonna forget, because every time they turn around, like, Disaster Himbo is doing something dumb, or something else is getting stolen. So, I think, like, the next day, actually... There's like an ultimate frisbee tournament, and they're going around asking questions. Um, Joe wants to find his missing keys. They're wanting to find any anything that they can get about the the robberies because apparently other places have been robbed. That's what Taryn, their waitress, was like. She was like, "Yeah, it sucks." Oh, the other thing about the lifeguard, like remember how Nancy went and grabbed the boat from the lifeguard thing? Claire, um, Bess's new shopping bestie, is telling like. Let's make it clear. They're spending a lot of time together. They hit it off. They're they're doing good. But also, like, she's still Nancy and, and George's bestie. Um, George has very little role in this book. Because, again, there's a cast of thousands. Um, so, Bess and Claire are talking. And Claire's like, oh, my God. There was this really, really hot lifeguard. Oh, my God. His name was Bruce. And I was like, of course it was. Because you're now, like, crossing over into a Christopher Pike book where he may or may not have been an actual zombie. Um, but Claire's like, yeah, like he was super hot and, and I went out with him like one time and now he's gone. And Bess was like, I need to see this. I need to see this man for reasons. Cause I banged a soap star in a limo. I'm just, I'm just casually mentioning that for reasons. I'm just going to say it. Um, but yeah, they're like, yeah, like, I don't know where he went. Maybe he got a better job. I don't know. Um, anyway, so there's that anvil of foreshadowing. Um, so they're going around asking questions at the ultimate frisbee tournament and somebody overhears them talking about disaster himbo. And he's like, hello, my name is Rupert Cranston. Is this true? I it's, it feels true. I'm not sure. Anyway, he, he looks like a huge nerd. So probably glasses and pocket protector, both of those things on the beach and probably a Frisbee because ultimate Frisbee, like even 10 years later when I was in, yeah, anyway, 
Um, he's like, let me tell you everything about these people. Oh my God. And so he tells him about like the development thing and how apparently his family is also in real estate. And so he was like, they tried to drive my family out of business and blah, blah. And Nancy's like, fascinating. I say Nancy, like some of these perspectives are also from, some of these are from Joe's perspective. Some are from Frank's perspective. So whenever they're gathering clues, like they, they find out almost immediately, like as soon as the group rejoins, they're like, oh yeah, this is what I found out so far. So anyway, they do find out that apparently um, Abe's bait and tackle, like he was one of the ones who was not swindled, but misled, um, taken advantage of by Disaster Himbo's daddy. So they go over to talk to him and he's like, let me tell you. Also, he's been day drinking and he's like, yeah, my wife died and I got a bit of a drinking problem. And I was like, oh yeah, oh shit. Like there's a lot of trauma in this book that people are just trying to work through and also some corpses. Um, so he's like, yeah, he, he sold this land. And if I had, anyway, he's, he ain't feeling good about it. He's like, and also, um, Nancy and Frank go in there and like, we're doing a story for the local paper and about, and he's like, well, I can not tell you anything you can print anyway. So he's clearly got some sour grapes happening. He's like, but my daughter's doing pretty well for herself. And they're like, oh, okay, bye. So they have a person who has motive to hurt Buck, but they're not really seeing like why he specifically would have done this. And they also don't know much about the, like the robberies because that doesn't seem related. Um, somebody else, and I think it's Taryn, I think they ran into Taryn, who is making eyes at Frank, and Nancy's like, why am I feeling jealous about this? And I was like, maybe because you know he has a girlfriend? Like, I would have bought that, actually. I would have bought her being like, look, Frank, you have a great girlfriend. Stop making eyes at this fucking redhead! Bennett, or me. Um, but, which, there's not a lot in this book between the two of them. They don't have any moments alone together that are, like, fraud or anything. And I was like, um, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm here for that. Like, it's so weird that the bar is subterranean for these books. And that if Nancy and Frank do not share a romantic scene, I'm like, okay. Okay, you cleared that the smallest of bars. Um, anyway, so... Taryn's like, oh, yeah, there's this guy who just sells, like, random beach crap, and maybe, you know, if you're looking for something that somebody stole, it's possible that, especially if it was something that maybe somebody wouldn't have seen as valuable, that maybe it would have ended up with him. And so they're like, that seems legit. So they, and she's like, maybe it's over here. Um, So they go up there, and they end up, like, a mile and a half out on, like, a deserted beach, and they find a, who the fuck told them this story? Son of a, I think, it, okay, I think it was the guy at the dive place, because they, um, they want to go back out to the dive place and see if they can find anything, and he's like, yeah, like, because they're talking about, like, finding pirate treasure and stuff like that, and he's like, yeah, there's so many places around here, but, like, most of them are on land, but you do know that, like, one of the pirates had a, like, buried his treasure and then put a stone on top that said dig deeper, and then, um, like, he died without ever recovering his treasure, so people are looking for that, and I don't, I don't remember which pirate he was saying it was, but anyway, um, and so they, when they go out to track down the, the rando with the van, who was just selling random beach crap, like, hot glued seashells, and etc., also friendship bracelets that he has knitted by hand with that plastic lacing shit. Um, yes, those things. So they're trying to find him and they find some stuff that's been dumped in the sand. It's like costume jewelry. And they're like, huh? And then they see a stone that says dig D and they're like, Oh my God. 
so they start digging like frantically and at this point it's like nancy ned frank joe disaster himbo i think that there's somebody else there as well who knows one of the other girls um and so they're digging and they actually find some like it looks like a small metal container of some sort and they're looking at it and they're like oh my god what what could this be and frank's like it's a fucking artillery shell and so he tells everybody to get the fuck away from it and joe's like he knows how to disarm them it's fine and everyone's like what the fuck and so disaster him but while frank is over there he's like i just need to to rip out the detonator and so he's got his fingers around the fucking detonator when Buck comes, Disaster Himbo comes up behind him and is like, what are you doing? And like tries to jerk him away from it. And he jerks the detonator out, but without just like detaching it. And Frank's like, we're all going to die. And so he looks and he sees that like the detonator has been jammed with sand, but it's still like clearly doing something. And so he's like, we got to fucking run. And so they all run back to their car. And like, by the time they get back to their car, the fucking thing goes off and frank's like oh shit like they're all just sitting there like oh my god okay i think that i just realized is that no cops show up when it's like a fucking bomb went off on the beach nobody's like maybe we should check into this shit they're like it's padre island this is how we roll we just blow up shit it's texas we just blow up shit that should be their new tagline also, oh my god, another thing that happens in this damn book where it's it's just one damn thing after another, oh my god, um, is that Buck is still, disaster him, but was still in the hospital, and like, Ned goes to like, take him some stuff, like, I guess, clothes and shaving gear, I don't know, um, and Joe goes with him and is like, hey, can we use your jet ski, and the weirdest thing, like, I don't, I don't know how far back jet skis go, but anyway, when like Nancy and Frank see them taking the jet ski like off a trailer or however the fuck they got it down to the beach, um, they're like, Nancy's like, what is, what is this thing? Uh, this motor on skis? And they're like, it's a jet ski. And I was like, is, were they unknown in 1989? Was this like a new thing? Maybe it was. I don't know. Anyway, so she's like, what is this witchcraft? Um, so Joe gets on it and Frank's like, yeah, he don't know how to ride that thing. And like Joe revs it and then it like gets jammed and won't stop going. And I was like, maybe turn off the ignition. But uh, anyway, and it like runs into a jetty and explodes into a shower of debris. And Frank's like, oh my God, my brother's dead. Um, but Joe jumped off because Joe, again, is slightly less disastrous of a himbo. He's like, he's got a little bit of sense to him, just the tiniest smidge. So he knows to jump off a jet ski when it seems to be going rogue. So, you know, there's that. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So that happened. The Another thing that happens in the book, and it's later on in the book, actually, they're all caravanning to dinner when like somebody in a fishing boat shoots at buck's tires and makes it and like almost makes him crash into the guardrail like they're going over water and everyone's like okay someone's trying to fucking kill you someone is trying to kill you like one or two of these things isolated maybe but um, somebody's fucking trying to kill you and Buck's like, finally, like, at first he's like, there's no way. Why? Like, and they're like, is it because of your dad? And he's like, I, I wasn't related to any of that shit. It happened like 20 years ago. It was before I was born. So 
but he finally takes it seriously and he's like, okay, so we need to, we need to have a plan to get these people who are after me. And everyone's like, so you agree that they're after you? And he's like, yeah. So he's talking to Nancy and I can't remember exactly how it ends up that Nancy is alone with Buck at this point. He's like, I'm going to, I want to talk to Nancy. I think it's mostly because like Mercedes has told everyone that Nancy's a private detective. And so everyone is like, oh yeah, if I have that kind of problem, then I should go see Nancy. Like the other thing that happens is that Mercedes's condo is actually, I think that, I think it's, no, okay. So Clara's staying with Mercedes, but um, Mercedes's condo gets burglarized and, burglarized, ripped, uh, anyway. And Claire has a diamond bracelet. She's talking to Bess and she's like, the only accessory I have for that dress is this exquisite diamond bracelet. Um, And it was like taken out of her like locked jewelry case or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, um, so her place gets ripped off and Claire's like, Nancy, you have to find it. Like my parents are going to flip the fuck out because they always told me to put it in a safety deposit box. And I was like, why would I not wear it? You idiots. So Nancy's investigating all that. And so Buck's like, okay, I have a plan. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. Okay, let me back up slightly. At the hospital, um, the, everyone comes to visit Buck to make sure he's okay. And he's like, if I can walk straight out of here. Because he's, he's fucking Don Draper at this point. He's like, I'm, a, I'm fine. I'm going to walk it off. Um, so the, the girls are all there. And they're like, oh, let's, let's pump up the pillows. And like, let's just be cutesy and everything. And he's like, like he's definitely still like making eyes at Nancy. He's like, oh, all the com-. like he's flirting with her in front of Mercedes, in front of Selena Gomez, and so finally, like Mercedes is like, okay, let me um let me and Nancy have some some girl talk time, and Bess and George, who know what's going on, have to be like, oh, okay. Where if I had been one of them, I would have been like, do you need me to? Do-? They don't have cell phones. Do you need me to like stay close by? But anyway. They get in the car and Selena Gomez is like, do you have, do you have feelings for Buck, for disaster himbo? And Nancy's like, absolutely not. Have you seen my boyfriend? Oh my God. He is absolutely not my type. Like she even says like intelligent, strong are my type. And I was like, that's true. Um, and so Mercedes, Selena Gomez is like, okay, like I just, I, I feel so insecure around him because he's flirting with everything and Nancy's like I think he's just one of those guys that like flirts a lot and he's insecure and so he basically needs everybody to to say that yes he's cute at all times and she's like yeah I just I don't know and and they're I'm I've been with such nerds and like it's so hard to find a good man anyway so they they get over it but the thing is that like when Buck is like talking to Nancy and he's like okay I've got a plan okay I'm going to walk alone on the beach and they're gonna come after me and Nancy was like okay what else and he's like and that's it and Nancy was like okay well um I'll I'll tell everyone else about it we'll see what we can do with that plan and disaster himbo who is the fucking worst is like thank you so much and like hugs Nancy and then of course Selena Gomez comes in and she's like <gasps> Jacques Hughes and Nancy's like what and Mercedes of course runs out and then she, Mercedes runs into Ned and she says I found Nancy and Disaster Himbo in a compromising position. They legit say this in the book. And so, like, Mercedes is fucking mad as shit. And Nancy was like, she's going to fucking kick me out of her condo. Which a huge part of me wishes had happened so that Nancy could be like, Ned, I got kicked out of the condo. And I'd be like, girl, I got a bed in a private room. 
I'm just going to leave that on the table. Anyway, so when Nancy sees Ned after that, Ned is like, okay, what the fuck happened? And Nancy was like, look, he's an idiot. And I told him that I would entertain his dumb plan and he hugged me and that's it and that's like mercedes says that it was more than that and nancy was like it fucking wasn't and that's just like she's like you don't trust me and that's like what am i supposed to do like i don't i've seen the way he's been looking at you and so they like they split up split off at that point so that because you know that's like i need to think about this and, and nancy's like this is the fucking worst. He is not worth all this shit. He isn't. He absolutely isn't. Disaster Himbo is not worth all this. Anyway, so Nancy's feeling bad about everything. Um, let me think what else happens. They do decide to go. I think, I think that like Nancy and Ned have talked it through and they're okay at this point. But Nancy, Ned, Frank, and Joe, I don't think Buck's with them. I don't think he is. I think that they decide, they're like, Nancy's like, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go, let's go to the boat. Like, if that's the only thing that Buck can point out that may be the reason somebody might be after him is that dead body, which when they went back, they could not find. And so they go back and they're like, okay, we're going to thoroughly search the place. We're going to see if we can find anything. And they find treasure. Um, Like, Joe sweeps his hands through the sand and he finds a gold coin and they're like a fucking gold coin like it it looks like it looks like a real legit coin so they're like oh my god they're but they can't find a body they can't find a body um the other thing that happens and i think that i'm not sure i'm not sure because i think they go back again i think is what happens but anyway um, yeah, there just so much shit happens in this book. The other thing that happens, and I'll, I'm going to say that there was a third trip, even though I can't really, I'm, I'm not really sure. There, there were many eventful trips. Um, they do eventually track down the guy who, with the van, because remember when the thing exploded and they were like, oh my God. And everyone's like, Frank, you saved our lives. And even that is like, thank you. Thank you, Frank. I'm, I'm so grateful that you were there to disarm that bomb. And Frank's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell him that the detonator was jammed with sand. <laughs> I'm going to wait on that because I'm enjoying all this adoration. Anyway, they do eventually find the guy with the van. And so they're looking at all of his stuff. And he like, you, the way that you know that somebody is shifty in an 80s and 90s Nancy Drew book, other than being swarthy, is um, if you have a bald spot that you are trying to carefully comb your hair over. They're like, this is how you know that you're a shifty white dude. Which he does, of course. So they come up to his van and they're like, oh, look at all these cool things you have. And Joe spots the keys that yeah and so joe's like oh where'd you get these keys bitch and the guy's like uh some teenager found them on the beach and like traded them to me for some shells or whatever the fuck and joe's like you fucking son of like he like comes at him like a spider monkey and i was like yes and frank's like no calm down like because he's like joe's like saying all this stuff like where did you and he's not he's not responding as though he knows what the fuck joe's talking about he's responding like a guy who is like completely caught off guard and so joe's like trying to kill him and frank's like we all need to calm down and like prize him off and and like he knocks some of his displays over and everything frank's like let me just help you with these displays and dude's like i'm gonna press charges and joe's like i'd like to see you try bitch like he i love it he's it's like he's one of those guests on mari who has found out that he is 
not the father after this is being the third time that he's been tested. Um, he ain't the father. Um, but he's got the keys back, which is the important thing His his Iola keys. So that's, that's a good thing, but they still haven't found the rest of the stuff. So, um, the third trip, I'm going to say this is the third trip out of the boat. And I think that's true. Um, when they go out and it may still be the second trip. I don't fucking know. Um, when they go out, they see that the part of the ship that Buck went into has been welded shut. Like, but with spot welds. And so Ned's like, oh, well, if he like, he mimes, if we had a crowbar, we could get in here. And he knows there's a crowbar back on the boat. So he goes back up to the boat to get a crowbar. When all of a sudden somebody starts throwing depth charges, like they hear a boat and then like somebody starts throwing basically like bombs into the water, including onto their boat. And so Nancy's like, Ned is up there. And so she flips out and she, but she can't go up there because there's still people throwing bombs into the water. And so they're trying to hide from the bombs and Nancy's freaking out because she's like, Ned's hurt or killed. And so she's like, she is a, a chaotic torrent of emotion and She's in a glass case of emotion. And Frank's like, we got to wait here. And he's, they're having to, like, mouth all this because, of course, they're underwater. And Nancy's like, ah. um, But so she's convinced that, like, something horrible has happened to her boyfriend. She's, like, overcome. And um, they are, they're, like, trying to get back to their boat. But there's no point in going back to their boat because, like, the boat has been blown up. And they see somebody coming, and Nancy's like, they're coming to see if they finish the job. But it's Ned! And so Nancy sees him, and she's like, if if she were not underwater, she would have screamed with joy. And so, like, they swim to each other, and they break the surface, and Nancy, like, grabs him this huge hug. And she's like, I thought you were dead. And he was like, I lost my bearings on the way back to the boat, so I wasn't near it when it blew up. And I'm okay. And Nancy's like, oh, son of a bitch! So they go back down to the wreck, which, at this point, my nerves would have been shook. But they're like, we are classy detective bitches, and we're going to check this shit out. And they find bags of treasure, like little, they say that they're like the size of overstuffed wallets, so they're not very big, but they're like in waterproof bags. And they take them up to the surface and like dump them out into like this little shack that they find. And it's like gold and bearer bonds and a diamond bracelet that has Claire's initials in it. And Nancy's like, we found the loot, guys. We found the loot. Like, it's not pirate treasure. And so they look at each other, and they have figured out by this point that the guy who owns the store that ha- that sells the, like, scuba diving equipment, or lets you run the scuba diving equipment, um, he knew that they were diving. He went and ripped off the apartment while they were gone. So he's one of the people who is involved in those. So they call the shop. Oh, my sh- shit, shit, shit. Um... They had um, gone to dinner the night before. This was after, remember, Mercedes, Selena Gomez was like, you're trying to steal my man. And Nancy was like, I'm fucking not. Oh, my God. He is just a disaster himbo. Um, So they had all decided they were going to go to Dos Banditos because in these books, as soon as they find a restaurant with a name, that's all they're going to go to. You need to know that. Um, And Bess even comes in, like, wearing a Mexican-themed, like frilly dress with a little coin around her neck, which is like the one that Taryn had because she was like, I thought it was cute. Um, but when they go there, Mercedes doesn't show up. And so they're like, what the fuck is going on? And then they find Mercedes's Jeep. uh, Like it's on the beach with the driver's side door open and like her purse isn't in, or I, I can't remember. Anyway, it definitely looks like something has happened. Um, 
Nancy tossed to the last person to see her, and they said that she said that she was on her way to the restaurant. So it wasn't like she was like distraught or upset or anything. Like I need to go for a walk down the beach and maybe throw myself into the waves dramatically. It's like some some shit has gone down. Some shit's gone down. So she's missing, and they cannot find her. So Nancy, being a responsible human being, calls Mercedes's parents and is like, "Hey." have you heard from your daughter? And they're like, no, she's not with you. And Nancy's like, um, she's missing. They report her missing. And of course she's told they can't do anything within 48 hours because that's, they don't really pop back up. Um, the, they've reported the, th- the thefts to the cops. The cops are like, yeah, we'll do our best. And they're like, clearly not feeling optimistic about anything. So Nancy's like, yeah, this is up to us. We, we got to find her. So um, the next day, they are on top of the of Mercedes's condo. Um, Nancy is staking out the bait shop. Okay, so this is the thing that they found out. Shit, shit. Um, like Joe and Disaster Himbo were manning the phones at Mercedes's place because they wanted to be there in case she called or came back or anything. So they were waiting there when they got a call at like ten thirty at night or something, and it was like. Maybe at the fishing pier at four o'clock, bring Nancy Drew with you. Don't tell anybody. I've got your girlfriend. Click. And so Buck's like, Disaster Himbo is like, son of a bitch. And so they think about it, Joe and Disaster Himbo, and they decide that probably the, um, it sounded like they were maybe at the bait and tackle shop that, that is owned by the guy who has it out for Buck. And so they decide to go there because Joe's like, we need to tell somebody where we're going. And Buck's like, we got to get there right now. Because again, disaster himbo. So Joe leaves a cryptic note that is like, we'll be right back. Man the phones. Without a time on it because he's a dipshit. So they run out to the bait and tackle shop. And um, there's, they like go behind the place. And like they, it's really dark Buck gets knocked out. Joe gets put into, like, they tangle him up in a fishing net and dump him in the water. Joe's like, don't panic. You will float. And he does. Like, I do like that in these books occasionally. I'm like, okay, these do feel like applicable life skills. I'm learning what fajitas are. And also, if I get tangled up in a fishing net and thrown into some water, relax, because I will float. And I can just very meticulously pick that shit off me, which is what Joe does. Um, But then they... I think that it's whoever the kidnappers are. I think they take both Mercedes and Disaster Himbo onto their boat and and go off with them. And Joe sees all this but can do nothing because he's still tangled up in the fishing net. And so he does extricate himself. But by then, like, they're long gone and he doesn't know what the fuck to do. So he goes back to the apartment and his brother is like, I'm about to fucking murder you. What the fuck is going on? And Joe's like, funny story. Disaster Himbo has also been kidnapped. And so they're like what the fuck? What the literal fuck, you guys? And so they're like, how the fuck do we get him back? Because they're like, don't call the cops. Because the next call that comes in is like, do not call the cops. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. And I was like, until when? (laughs) Like, go home. Forget about their friends that we kidnapped. Anyway, they still don't know who it is. Um, that after that is when they go to the ship and find the treasure and they're like, okay, so it makes sense that the guy who owns the bait and tackle shop who physically matches the description of one of the thieves, um, the burglars, 
Like, it makes sense that he would be involved in this. So, Nancy makes the call to the bait shop, and she's like, hey! They can see him through the window. Um, shit! I'm sorry, I skipped something. Um, the day after Disaster Himbo was abducted, when both of their friends are now been abducted, and they have to figure out what the fuck to do about that, um, that's when Frank and Joe are on the roof of the condo watching Nancy and Ned, who are in the coffee shop across from the bait and tackle shop. They're... Um, because it was weird. The bait and tackle shop was closed at night and he was like, that's when he does most of his business. So anyway, so Buck was like, everything is fishy about this. And everyone else was like, maybe let the grownups handle anything. Maybe, maybe let any of them. Anyway. So Nancy and I go to the bait shop. Um, they see Rupert, the nerd from earlier, go into the bait shop and they see the guy who owns it um, put the clothes sign up. And so they're like, this seems weird. Like, oh, the other thing is that they were, like, at dinner, I think. And Nancy overheard Rupert talking about... Because she was like, do you have, like, hard feelings towards disaster himbo? And Rupert was like, no, he was cool. He would help me gather unusual animals for my collection. And everyone was like, this seems like a reasonable thing for a rich person to do. Just collecting random animals. And putting them in various aquariums. Um, so somebody's like, oh, I heard that. And Nancy's overhearing that this is an, at another table. Rupert is talking to his friends. And they're like, oh, didn't you date Mercedes? And he's like, maybe the one time. And they're like, did you take her to see your Portuguese man of war collection? Like, as though that's a euphemism. And I was like, possibly it is. But Nancy's like, Portuguese man of war. And he's like, no, I don't have them anymore. And Nancy was like, he he has reason to not like disaster himbo. His Portuguese men of war are gone. I have some follow-up questions. This is a lot of coincidence happening. Lots of it. So when they see Rupert, Nancy's like, okay, okay. He's got, he's got motive. He's possibly got opportunity. Let's follow him. So Nancy and Ned follow him in there and, um, Abe, the guy who owns the bait and tackle shop, who is doing a lot of day drinking, um, is at the back. And he's like, you're not going to steal our ultra lure. And Nancy's like, you're what? We're, we're here to find the, the people you abducted. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway, he has a knife. And so Ned's trying to disarm him while Nancy like tries to find something else to do. Rupert, of course, is given up immediately. Um, Nancy finds a bag marked Nightcrawlers, digs in a spade and like smacks Abe in the face with it. And I was like, I can't, I can't help but admire that it's like, I'm going to take whatever means necessary. Um, so he's off balance. And so Nancy and Ed just shove him into the water to like get him to calm the fuck down. So, um, Rupert and the bait and tackle guy have decided to come up with something they're calling an ultra lore, which is, um, an ultrasonic... Anyway, it's some sort of sonic lore so that you just tune it to the frequency that you want and and see who comes up. And so, like, if you tune it to a certain frequency, it will attract a certain type of fish. And so they're like, we're going to make our money this way instead of, like, trying to, you know, do anything mean to the Buchanans. And Nancy was like, okay. And he was like, yeah, we closed up the shop because we were doing testing at Rupert's house, but then his Portuguese men of war were stolen. And so we, we thought that like Buck was like fucking with us. And so we decided to come here. So Nancy was like, so they were stolen from, okay. Okay. So that explains how they got in the water. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. She's satisfied that they're, this is a dead end. She's satisfied that, like, Rupert and Drunk Guy are not involved, even though Drunk Guy is like, you're not, you can't take me alive, fuckers! And is, like, coming after them with a, a bait knife, which Ned's like, that's adorable, and I'm gonna disarm you. 
Anyway, so, so, get, circling back to the, for the 15th time, Nancy calls dude who runs the scuba gear shop, and she's like, hey, long time me not being dead. Hey, you've got our friends. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Nancy's like, you fucking do, you dipshit, and we found all your shit. So, if you want it back, you need to go, we need, we will trade this shit for our friends. You need to go get me proof of life right now. You need to get a recording of their voices and play it for me over the phone to show that they are still alive, and we will set up a meet. So, he freaks out. They can see him through the window. He freaks out. He calls somebody, and then he, like, gets in the car immediately. And Nancy's like, okay, I need to stay next to the phone so that if he returns, I'm like, I'm, I'm here to answer the phone so he doesn't think there's anything suspicious. The three guys, though, take one of Buck's friend's boats and follow dipshit, who apparently is not checking behind him real close, to an island where he goes into a little cabin and they can hear him talking to the two of them inside and then he leaves and so then they go inside and grab buck and mercedes who are fine they were just tied up in a cabin and so they're they're good so nancy gets back and nancy is still there next to the phone so he calls back and he's like okay i'm playing the recording for you and and we're we're let's meet at um dos banditos tonight at like 7 30 or whatever the fuck and nancy's like fine we've got a deal <laughs> okay i forgot to tell you this after they found the treasure like it was so heavy that they were actually having trouble getting to shore remember they don't have a boat their boat got blown up with depth charges so like some himbos and another cigarette boat stop and they're like hey do you need any help and nancy was like oh son of a bitch yeah, actually. And so, like, that's how they get back to shore, which was cute. But Nancy was like, yeah, we need to drop our scuba weights. And I was like, are you, how are you going to, are you going to have to pay for losing your scuba weights? And then I was like, why the fuck does it matter? Remember, Buck had the top down of his rental Oldsmobile during a thunderstorm and was like, it's fine. There's so many holes in the floorboards that the water will just go straight through. And I was like, you're horrible. You're a horrible person. Disaster Himbo has no regard for anything, really. That's that's what his, his genre is. So, Nancy goes back to the condo with all of the loot in tow, and she's like, what the fuck do I do with this shit? Because she was like, I'm, I'm not planning to exchange it from my friends. I'm just saying. Um, like, that would be irresponsible. So, she shoves it, like, into the box spring or some shit. I don't know. Anyway, so she heads out. But she has no car? Like, I can't remember how the fuck... There was one point, again, where, like, Buck's tires got shot out and he had to, um... Like, his car hit a guardrail. Anyway, like, there's a bunch of, like, car shenanigans happening. Another thing that happens during this book is that, um, they have a bonfire and Nancy and Ned are just, like, making out next to the bonfire. And I was like, yes... It says they had their arms around each other, and I was like, I know what's happening here, and it's, we're going to be gone for, like, two hours, and y'all need to just shut your fucking mouths. Anyway, why am I throwing that in there? Because you know what I'm about in these books, okay? I'm about them banging or possibly planning to bang. That's, that is the entirety of my involvement here. Anyway, so, um, Nancy puts on her, like, I think that she actually, she's like, I'm still wearing a fucking wetsuit. This is so dumb. So she takes off her wetsuit and puts on, like, normal people clothes. Like, runs to the restaurant and she's, like, sweaty and tired by the time she gets there. 
And these guys are standing nearby and they're like, hey, you need look like you need one of these. And they like toss a soda can at her, but it like misses her and hits the floor. And she's like, thanks for that. And so she just puts it in her purse. And you're like, no reason. Chekhov's gone. Anyway, um, Bess is inside and she's like flirting with some college guys who are watching the game. And I was like, again, Bess, you can do you You fucked a soap star in the back of his limo. Like, girl, go for some higher hanging fruit than some rando drunk college guys on spring break. Anyway, it's fine. She, hey, she can pay whoever she wants. It's fine. Anyway, so Bess is in there. George is in there. And Nancy's like coming to meet them. And then she sees Taryn. And she, like, along the, they've got pictures on the wall of the restaurant. And one of them identifies Taryn as not Taryn Quinn, who is how she was introduced to them, but Taryn Quinones, which is the last name of the guy who owns the bait and tackle shop. And so Nancy was like, huh, Buck and Joe got to the bait and tackle shop before like some clues have been planted to like frame Abe for all this. But who would have had access to it other than Rupert and Abe? Well, his daughter would have. So she's the accomplice. Nancy finally figures out. So Taryn comes up. She's like, oh, let me, your friends are here. They're just out back. And, but she's got a gun under her like waitress thingy. I think it says like cocktail. Anyway, her, her waitress thingy, her waitress tray. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, so she's got a gun under there. So she's like, come with me. And Nancy's like, I guess we're coming with you. And so George is with her. And, um, she takes him out back, and, of course, Ray is there, and he's like, come with me. And Nancy was like, where's our, where are the, your two kidnapped victims? He's like, where's our loot? And Nancy was like, I guess we're at an impasse, bitch. Anyway, they get him into the boat. Bess is there, and she's like, but they hadn't had time to signal her or anything, and so Bess is like, shit. Like, the guy she's with her just telling random dipshit stories, and she's like, fuck. So she goes to call 911. <laughs> she's like, I'm... She is naturally timid in these books, but she's also like, but I need to step up. So she calls 911 and she's like, look, my, my friends were just like fucking abducted at gunpoint. You dipshits. Do something about this shit. And so then Frank, Joe, and Ned show up and they're like, hey, what's going on? And Bess is like, yeah, Nancy and George are in a boat with the dipshits and they're heading out. And they're like, all right, bye. And so they, they head out. And I was like, yes, yes, action hembos. So they head out after the girls. Nancy was, George is shivering because she's like, this is real fucked up because she's like, how the fuck are we going to get out of this? Because Taryn is like, so we're, Roy's like, we're going to do a burial at sea. And Taryn's like, yeah, what? So Bruce, the haughty lifeguard who vanished was the dead body. Um, he, there was some sort of disagreement. And so they killed him and they put his body in the shipwrecked while they figured out how to deal with it his body actually washes up in brownville which i'm like is probably nearby i guess um so bruce is dead but bruce also was like casually dating a bunch of people and ended up parties and say who would find out things which again like at this point in the series i feel like nancy should have figured out this modus operandi for this but it's fine um, so he was finding out where people were keeping their valuables. Like, I think he, he casually mentioned a buck. He was like, oh, I've got this watch. And he was like, oh, this is where I keep my valuables. Because again, all, all these idiots, all these fucking idiots. So, but Roy killed Bruce. And so after that point, when he found out that Buck had discovered Bruce's body, he was like, well, I'm gonna have to kill him too. So he was just like doing a lot of attempted murders, <laughs> a lot of attempted murdering on a uh, disaster himbo. So, 
Um, they get him out on the boat, and Taryn's like, I'm not sure about this. And Nancy was like, cool. Um, hey, can I just, I know that you're about to kill us. Can I have a sip of that soda? The soda had fallen out of Nancy's purse and was just like going back and forth on the bottom of the boat. And Nancy was like, yeah. And so they're like, okay, that seems reasonable. And so Nancy's hands are untied at this point. Nancy's like, oh, Roy. And she like pops the tab on the thing, squirts foam in his face. Um, they get the gun out of Taryn's hand, get in the water, because of course, as soon as Roy recovers, he's probably going to get a gun himself. So, um, but the boys are behind him. And so the, they pull Nancy and George and Taryn on board and tie up Taryn and like Frank is at the wheel and he like puts the boat in gear and Nancy is thrust backward into Ned's arms. And she's like, this is the best feeling. And I was like, yes, it is, bitch. Yes, it is. Loving it. Loving every part of this. So the book ends. Um, Buck and Mercedes are Disaster Himbo and Selena Gomez are back together and apparently being stuck in a cabin on a remote tropical island for like 24 hours has done wonders for their relationship. And Nancy was like, I'm going to need to look into that for my own relationship for reasons. And I was like, you just want to bang on a, in a tropical hut pretending that you've been abducted by people because y'all in a role play. Anyway, but Ned's there, and so they've been dancing together, and she looks at him, and she's like, who the fuck needs a tropical island for that? Because, yes. Like, that's the way the book ends. And she's looking at Ned, and she's like, we got three more days. And I was like, yeah, you do. You need to hang out at Disaster Himbo's fuck pad and just go to town. Just just use all that pent-up energy. Yes. Yes. Anyway. This... Oh, my God. Like... Ah, uh, let's let's take a break and get into it. So I feel like there's two ways to write a book like this. The first way is you look at it and go, okay, who's the villains? Okay, what are they trying to do? Okay, what is it plausible for them to do? What makes sense with their motivations for them to do? Okay, that's one way to do this. The other way is to go, I got a bunch of chapters that need cliffhangers. What is some cool shit that I can throw in as cliffhangers? Portuguese men of war. Because I was like, okay logistically, logistically, what you're telling me is that these two robbers went to the nerd's place, got a tank full of Portuguese man-of-war jellyfish, transported them in a way that kept them still alive, followed Buck to the beach, somehow, without him seeing them, got those jellyfish into the water, surrounded him with those jellyfish, and then was like, and seen. Like, That is that is what this book would have us believe. Again, fabulous as a cliffhanger. Really weird when you think about logistics. I'm I'm just going to say that. Why was the lifeguard's corpse in the pirate ship? Because again, if there's anything that some scuba diving bitch is going to check out, it's going to be a random pirate ship. Like put a beacon on it saying like you may find a corpse in here or possibly treasure. Like, what the, what the literal fuck? What the fuck? Also, like, his body washed ashore. Okay. Okay. Also, at the end of the book, like, Nancy's like, yes. And Roy, the idiot who was behind all this, apparently, like, was, like, a con artist. Like, he would go between towns and he would, like, hook up with some wealthy, sad woman and, like, drain her dry and then go on to the next place, et cetera, et cetera. He would, like, take over businesses and, like, once people found out that he was, I guess, like, just ripping them off, like, he would just go to the next town. So, he was, like, a 
He was that guy. Apparently, Bruce was the first guy he killed, and once he got a taste for it, he was like, yes, I'm into this shit, which, okay, okay. Maybe he's decided that he wants to have a life of more crime, more intense crime, just just a lot of criming. Um, okay. Why'd you put the fucking corpse on the pirate ship? Now, they say that the the coin that they found, which is the coin depicted on the cover of the book, was dropped by Taryn because Taryn had it on her necklace the first night that they met her and then um, didn't have it after that. And so there was... And Bess is like, who the fuck would scuba dive with jewelry on? And Nancy was like, somebody who was in a hurry to get rid of that corpse. And I was like, again, not not really hard or a long process to take off a necklace, but okay. Sure, we needed to have a clue. It's kind of like monogrammed handkerchiefs and occasional Nancy Drew mystery stories. Okay, we need to monogram some shit and make sure that we drop it at strategic locations. Um, why would you not dismember the corpse? Um, I'm just I'm just throwing out ideas for future criming. Um, why why would you leave an intact corpse and be like, yes, let's let it wash ashore with clear signs of um violence on said corpse when it washes up i guess because it's your first killing you didn't you know you freaked out a little bit why did you hide the loot in again a pirate treasure boat that you then spot welded shut i was like i'm sure that it is possible to do spot welds underwater it just feels logistically nightmarish to do spot welds in water um that feels like navy shit who did you um hire that out um, a lot of, a lot of logistics questions, a lot of, a lot of them. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, I totally buy the whole, like, we have a, a circle of, like, robbing places. And again, as soon as you rent somebody's scuba equipment, you can be fairly sure that the, probably the place is deserted. I get that. I get it. But, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he saw... And again, by that point, they were all, like, joking about, like, sure, you saw a dead body, whatever. But I guess because, like, his family is higher profile that maybe they thought that maybe Buck would, that Disaster Himbo would actually raise a fuss about all this. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Poor Selena Gomez. You deserve so much better. So much better than Disaster Himbo. Oh, my God. Nancy and Ned are back together. And just three more days of banging on Padre Island three more days um yeah Bess hasn't found anybody but again you're she banged that soap opera star in the back of that limo so her bar is high um we don't George appears like in the George doesn't appear that much in this book it's Frank and Joe is it's weird like there's one point where like, Joe's being hot-headed and Ned's having to be the one to, like, do things. I, I did love that Ned was with them for the recovery of the kidnapped victims. I was like, y'all needed a third person there to stop you guys from making some dumb decisions. I, of course, also would have been fine with Ned um, going with Nancy while she was waiting for a phone call and maybe getting a little bit of nucky in. But, you know, it's it's fine. They have people to rescue. It's Maybe their minds would have been elsewhere. Maybe it would have been angsty. I'm here for that as well. Um, any anything really. Joe got his keys back, which is good. Um, that's that's always a positive. You want that reminder of your dead girlfriend back in your pocket because reasons. This feels like wedding crashes where he's like, I've got a purple heart and I can't talk about those guys that I went to war with and also I'm gonna quote Sarah McLaughlin. Like but 
but earned valor, really, because Joe earned that, even though he's, and I don't think the book ever actually states any ages for this. There's, again, is this the horniest of the series? I would argue probably not, but I would argue it is probably top 10. There's just a bunch of, like, hormones, hormones everywhere. The place is just ridiculous with them. It is redolent with them. So, there's that. I don't know. Again, I love I love all the possibility in this book for Nancy and Ned having a vacation full of sex after the mystery has been solved, but I'm I'm just saying. Also, I do love that there was no point at which there was any weird tension between Nancy and Frank. There was a scene where Frank was on the beach and Taryn was burying him in sand and Nancy was like, I feel upset about this, but I don't know how to express it. And I was like, you can, you can just be like, you have a girlfriend. Um, but, and she almost says that. She almost says, Frank, you have a, and then he's like, what? And she's like, sunburn. Bye. <laughs> um, I do want to, we just hit book 35 in the Nancy Drew Files. We're going to hit book we're gonna hit the 40s soon um there are weird parallels between what happens in this book and what happens in book 50 like we'll get to it but the whole setup the whole like there's this this thing going on but we'll get to it we'll get to it I'm gonna, I've told you this before, we ain't touching the fucking Passport to Romance fucking trilogy 72 through 74. I will murder someone before that happens. Like, I'm gonna have to sit there and be like, okay, I'm gonna give you like three sentences of what happens in these books because I need to set up book 75 because book 75 very much deals with the fallout from book 72 through 74, but... We ain't there yet. That's for future us to have to deal with. So it's fine. So is this a fun romp of like oil infested Gulf waters? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's it's fine. Also fajitas. So enjoy that in, in your brains for the rest of the day. You going like, should I have some fajitas? Nancy would say yes, because she believes that they are delicious. So next time. Hopefully, the summer will settle down so that I'll be able to record things more frequently. Um, Next time, we're going to be doing The Invisible Intruder. So, we're back in the mystery stories. I am so fucking excited about The Invisible Intruder. It is one of the rare Nancy Drew mystery stories that depicts Ned on the cover, like, in a recognizable way. Um, We're also, for the next season, going to hit um, Double Jinx Mystery, which, again, Ned on the cover. There's not as many of those... Like, even the book where Nancy and Ned meet each other, Clue in the Diary, does not have Ned on the cover. The book that we were just referring to, despite the fact that there were several bang or bang adjacent opportunities, does not depict Ned on the cover. So, also, I know that you were dying to know this, and you probably already do. Um, What I would argue is the most, the horniest book of the Nancy Drew Falls would be number 99. My favorite. My favorite of all of them. With that romance cover looking... Yes. Yes. All of that. But anyway, so next time, Invisible Intruder, which, again, we're going back to, like, some old school weird mysticism shit. So I'm excited for future eyes. So, um, yeah, let me know if anything, I guess. But as always, stay sleuthy, my friends. <laughs>